Since we last talked, Kevin McCarthy has become Speaker of the House. Let's go over the concessions he made to secure that position. Republicans with their newfound power are trying to abolish the IRS, investigate China, and investigate the Bidens, which may be a good thing since classified documents were found in Joe Biden's private office. Yes, let's not forget that it was Biden's DOJ that raided the home of former President Donald Trump over the possession of, yes, you guessed it, classified documents. And uh, climate change is now apparently the number one cause of heart disease and spontaneous death in humans worldwide. On top of that, Big Pharma is now trying to capitalize on childhood obesity by promoting medication and surgery over, I don't know, maybe telling your kid to go outside or not allowing them to ingest high fructose corn syrup. We'll be discussing all of that and more in tonight's episode of Rapid Fire. Thank you guys so much for tuning in. We have a lot to go over. I typically was doing these shows about twice a week. Now they're coming at you guys about once a week now that I'm doing a lot more street reporting. But uh, keep in mind, I will always do the show when I can. The same show that, keep in mind, is sponsored by you. Some of the best ways to keep the show up and running to keep, you know, it going, right? to help me get better equipment so my audio doesn't suck as bad. I apologize, guys. I know I've been having some audio interference here and there. I'm working on it. I'm doing what I can. I promise the show will get better. But one of the best ways to support the show is by going to my subscribe star down below. You guys can check out that link. I post a lot of behind-the-scenes footage. I will also post hints as to where I am going. I get to talk to you guys directly there. Also, if you become a subscriber, you get access to direct messaging with me, which is an awesome way for me to get to know a lot of you guys and talk to you over there. So go check out Subscribe Star. Um, we can also support the show by supporting Old Country Soap. Now they are currently having a clearance sale. So if you use coupon code SAV, that's S-A-V, and you go to oldcountrysoap.com, you can get 40% off of your order. Now, I always tell you guys, this is the best soap that money can buy. I use this product myself, and I absolutely love it. I have nothing but positive things to say. So go to oldcountrysoap.com, that's O-L-D-E, countrysoap.com, and use coupon code SAV for 40% off of your order. If you guys have been wanting to try out this American-made all-natural soap with bentonite clay and tallow in it, now is the best time because you can get not 20, but 40% off of your order. So go and check that out, my friends, oldcountrysoap.com. Now let's go ahead and jump straight into the show with a little bit of breaking news. The Pentagon recently, just at this came out like an hour or two ago, dropped their COVID vaccine mandate for our servicemen, for our troops. And I am so ecstatic to finally see this because my own little sister was kicked out of the Air Force for refusing to get vaccinated. There are so many people who refuse to bend the knee and get the vaccination. And thank goodness these mandates are now being dropped for our troops. So wanted to start the show off with that little bit of an update uh, because I think it's very important. But we will be talking about the classified documents that were found in Joe Biden's office. Now, this has been at the forefront of news all day long. So I've really gotten to see all of the talking points coming out of both the right wing and the left wing from Disclosed TV. Uh, U.S. intelligence materials related to Ukraine, Iran and the U.K. were found in Biden's private office, CNN reports. Now, apparently these documents were taken, were under Joe Biden's possession when he was the vice president of the United States. A lot of people will use the argument that, okay, 
the president can declassify anything that he wants. This is the argument that we use for Donald Trump, right? He had these classified documents, but when you're the president, you can declassify whatever you want. That's that's a thing when you're the president. However, Joe Biden had these documents when he was not the president, but the vice president of the United States. Now, the talking points that I'm seeing from quite a bit of people from both the left and the right is um, the right wing saying, oh, well, is the DOJ going to come after Joe Biden as hard as uh, they came after Donald Trump for having these classified documents? We all know that the answer to this is no. The right wing, once again, is pointing out the hypocrisy that we always point out because we live in a two-tier justice system. Um, And guess what? The left just really barely ever gets held accountable. That's just the way the world is. Because uh, for a long time, we had politicians in office who refused to actually hold people accountable. We had media who refused to actually ask Joe Biden the hard questions. Uh, He was asked earlier today because he is currently in Mexico meeting with Justin Trudeau and um, Obrador, the president of Mexico, to talk about migration, to talk about, uh, I guess, efforts together as leaders um, as to what they can do to make the Americas more sustainable and environmentally friendly. They've talked about a multitude of things all day long. Um, But earlier, a reporter was trying to ask Joe Biden about the discovery of these classified documents. Of course, he just smiled and kind of laughed it off and didn't say anything. Um, Again, the right wing pointing out the hypocrisy, the left wing coming to Joe Biden's aid and basically saying that these documents were, well, you know, Joe Biden can have them because he's Joe Biden. And I'm not joking. The View, you know, Joy Behar, I believe it was Whoopi Goldberg, actually, who was saying, well, we know that Donald Trump is a corrupt liar. So like, obviously, he had his classified documents with malicious intent. But Joe Biden is such a good guy. So like, you know, it's okay. Now, Joe Biden has since responded to reporters regarding why he had those classified documents. And he basically said, oh, well, you know, um, they were found in my old office closet. Uh, We turned them over to the various officials that needed to to have them. I'm actually looking at this uh, CBS report right now. They discovered the documents marked classified in a locked closet. They contacted the White House. Uh, The White House lawyers reached out to the uh, National Archives just telling you guys the process that this went through. The National Archives contacted the DOJ, good old Merrick Garland, and then Merrick Garland assigned U.S. attorney in Chicago. Um, This is a Trump-appointed attorney, by the way, to determine what was in the documents and how they arrived in the Penn-Biden Center, to which Joe Biden is saying, well, I'm cooperating with, um, you know, authorities as they go through these classified documents, and I'm taking all of the correct steps, unlike Donald Trump, who we rated not for political reasons, but because he had these classified documents. Now, regardless of the right wings pointing out of the hypocrisy or the left wing trying to cover up for Joe Biden, I want to present to you the middle ground common sense take that every single American should have regarding this matter. Do you think that if you or I had classified documents that we would not face the full force of the law and the Department of Justice raiding our homes, kicking down our doors, terrorizing our children if we accidentally had classified documents? Do you think that we would be awarded the luxury of being able to say, oh, well, I'm sorry, I'm, uh, you know, I'm I'm just, I'm telling the proper authorities what happened. I accidentally had these really important classified documents, blah, blah, blah. Which, by the way, whatever happened with that with Donald Trump, if Donald Trump really had these nuclear secrets and classified documents that were so horrific, I promise you, he would have faced the full force of the law as well, especially under Joe Biden's DOJ. Uh, Whatever happened with 
Trump's tax returns, by the way. Where were the bombshells about how he was um, avoiding taxes for his entire life and evading taxes? Oh, oh, he went through legal loopholes that are provided to every American businessman. So that way, businesses are encouraged to start in the United States and bring more jobs to America and make our economy more prosperous. Those same loopholes Donald Trump, who's a businessman, took advantage of? Whatever happened with the Trump tax returns? Whatever happened with Donald Trump and these super scary classified documents? Nothing ever came of it because it was it was basically just a distraction. And again, going into Joe Biden and his classified documents, which had to do with, um, for some reason, like I was just reading to you guys there, um, Iran, the UK, and then Ukraine. Really funny how that country keeps getting brought up. The same country that we're spending, sending, not spending, but sending billions of dollars to every single day. Here's a little bit of that CBS report for you guys, just so you can get the full uh, the full understanding of these classified documents and where they were found uh, per Joe Biden's closet. Three sources tell CBS News the classified documents were discovered in this building about a mile from the White House at the offices of the Penn Biden Center, a foreign policy research institute set up after President Biden left the vice presidency. According to a source familiar with the matter, the classified documents are small in number and were found in November in a box among unclassified material. Sources would not characterize how sensitive the documents are. Responding to requests from CBS News, the White House counsel said that on November 2nd of last year, before the midterm elections, lawyers for President Biden were cleaning out office space at the center. When they discovered the documents marked classified in a locked closet, they stopped the work and contacted the White House. Now, my question regarding this new segment is if these classified documents were discovered before the midterms, why are we barely hearing about this right now? Hmm. Interesting. Very interesting. Because I'm pretty sure that as soon as we knew that Donald Trump had classified documents, his home was being raided by the feds. And then we had Merrick Garland of the Department of Justice naming a special counsel to oversee Trump's classified documents probe. The extraordinary circumstances here demanded. Do you think that same Merrick Garland, Garland is going to use this energy regarding Joe Biden having classified documents? Absolutely not. Absolutely not. As uh, Colin Rugg points out, the FBI eagerly raided Trump's home for a photo op over classified documents, but have nothing to say about Vice President Biden doing the same thing. This is why the FBI needs to be dismantled. And that brings us to Kevin McCarthy being elected Speaker of the House. Now, I wanted to open up this segment with this beautiful picture of Matt Gates and Kevin McCarthy. This is from Fox News. And Kevin is just death gripping Gates's arm. Now, it took 15 rounds of voting for Kevin McCarthy to officially be declared speaker. And we had the America First Caucus that was holding out and told McCarthy, we will elect you speaker when you prove to us and you earn our trust and you prove to us that you are willing to make these concessions for the American people, uh, not on behalf of what we want, but on behalf of what our constituents want. So let's go over a little bit of what those concessions were. Matt Gates and Lauren Boebert were on Fox News. Here's a little excerpt of what Matt Gates said. He said, just moments ago, we passed the rules for the 100, 
118th Congress, and those included the enforcement mechanism of the one-member motion to vacate. Now, I don't anticipate that we'll ever have to use that, but it gives us the opportunity to ensure that our goals regarding policy, procedure, and personnel are met. We're going to have votes on term limits, balanced budget, internal enforcement of our immigration laws. None of those things would have happened if we had caved on Monday. But by getting these concessions and coming to a stronger place, the House is in a stronger position. And that that beginning portion is what I really wanted to focus in on. The one member motion to vacate is basically means that if Kevin McCarthy decides, hey, I'm not going to adhere to these concessions that I agreed to, um, members of both the Republican Congress and Democrat Congress can hold uh, Kevin McCarthy accountable. So I think that's a very important thing. Newsweek also wrote their own article regarding the five key concessions uh, given up. And they go on to talk about Again, one lawmaker can trigger a speakership election. I think this is very important. Nancy Pelosi previously got rid of this, so it has since been brought back. There is going to be, there was a concession on limit spending. There was a concession on more subcommittee roles for the America First Caucus. There was the creation of weaponization of federal government subcommittees. Now, this one is important. A key demand of McCarthy's detractors was to be given powers to review ongoing criminal investigations according to Politico. Now, what are some of these ongoing criminal investigations? Maybe the January 6th committee, the investigation of Donald Trump into January 6th that has been going on, the political persecution that is happening via our federal government, our Department of Justice, and our FBI, where they are demonizing and they are attacking and they are hunting down anybody who was involved with January 6th, even those who committed no crimes, who nonviolently walked to the Capitol building after they were let through by Capitol police officers. They have been facing the full prosecution of our federal government and these intelligence agencies. They have deemed them domestic terrorists. And to be quite honest with you, our intelligence agencies, our three-letter agencies are out of control. So this is a very important concession, and I am very happy that this is uh, on that list now. Also, there is going to be changes to House procedures and term limit votes. This means that uh, lawmakers or members will be given 72 hours, that's three days to review bills before they are voted on. Um, keep in mind that every year at the end of the year, there's this fun omnibus bill that's like a couple thousand pages long that's thrown at congressmen. And they're like, hey, uh, everyone wants to leave for Christmas, so go ahead and just sign this. And then they add all of these um, horrific little uh, different fun fundings in there for non-essential things, basically a huge waste of our taxpayer dollars. So they are now trying to change that in the House to say, hey, you have to give us 72 hours to review a bill. On top of that, they're also trying to establish term limits for all House members. Representatives serve two-year terms and are allowed to be re-elected indefinitely if they have the support of their constituents. That's how it currently is. So they're going to be going over term limits just a little bit of what was done there. Um, there's even more concessions that were made, but I think we went over uh, probably some of the most important, and we're going to focus in on here right now, the uh, Committee to Probe the Weaponization of the Federal Government, um, as well as let me go over this really fast before we get into the weapon, weaponization of our federal government. Um, some investigations that 
the Republicans are planning to launch in 2023 also surround the southern border, Hunter Biden's laptop, inappropriate dealings with foreign countries, and the management of the COVID-19 pandemic. All very important things. And we'll be getting into each of these individually and highlighting uh, why these need to not only be investigated, but why the people involved need to be held responsible. The government discriminated against the unvaccinated, ruined people's lives, and shut down our country. The people involved need to be held accountable. Um, Alejandro Mayorkas, who is the head of the DHS that is supposed to be securing our border and protecting American sovereignty, yeah, he needs to be held accountable for allowing 6 million illegal immigrants to cross our border, for allowing cartel members, for allowing the fentanyl that is coming across the border and killing Americans every single day to continue to cross. These people need to be held accountable. Now, um, another thing that was voted on today was the establishment of a select committee on the strategic competition between the United States and the Chinese Communist Party. Now, this is basically an investigation into China, um, investigating their infiltration of our government as well. Now, the only people who voted no on this, because there were 65 nays, were Democrats. Hmm. Guess the same Democrats like Dianne Feinstein, who had a Chinese spy working in her office, or maybe Eric Swalwell, who is a Democrat who slept with a Chinese spy. Really interesting, the correlation of Democrat and the Chinese infiltration of our government. And now we're investigating that Chinese infiltration of our government. And it's solely Democrats that are voting no against that. Interesting. Very interesting there. Now, another thing that... uh the House is set to vote on is abolishing the IRS. Now, do I think that the IRS and all income tax is going to be abolished? Absolutely not. I wish, but sadly, I don't think that this is going to be a thing. However, the House GOP seems to have their head in the right place, and they are um, setting to vote on that. However, I did want to point out the way that the White House official Twitter account um, phrased this vote to abolish the IRS. They said 221 House Republicans voted last night to help super wealthy people and big corporations cheat on their taxes. Now, this is not necessarily in regards to the uh, vote on the abolishment of the IRS, but last night they voted in the House to stop the funding of the 87,000 IRS agents that were going to be funded via our taxpayer dollars. I can't remember which bill that was passed in. Um, it might have been the infrastructure bill. I'm, I can't remember. There are so many bills where billions and trillions of our U.S. taxpayer dollars are being sent towards things that were actively working against the American people that I lost track. But last night, 221 House Republicans were like, no, we don't want to send billions of dollars to funding the IRS and giving them more agents that we all know are going to target middle class Americans. I've already read the Fox News articles that were talking about how um, an extra, I believe, 400 billion in taxes would be found via this new funding of the IRS. Where do you think those taxes were coming from? The top 1%? The big, wealthy American billionaires that we all demonize? No, it's coming from the middle class, my friends. It's coming from the middle class. So that's how the White House has phrased the right wing not wanting to fund the IRS more. It's helping super wealthy people and big corporations cheat on their taxes. This is the same White House that um, steals from the American people every single day and allocates our taxpayer dollars to help and protect the border of a foreign country called Ukraine while simultaneously ignoring the will of the people, the safety of the American people or uh, you know, the economy of the American people.
So just to give you guys an idea of how the left wing is going to be phrasing the IRS not getting more money to come down harder on the American people and potentially jail us for not properly paying our taxes. I don't even understand why Democrats think that's a bad thing. Like this shouldn't be a left or right wing issue. Nobody, no matter what side of the political aisle you are on, should want bigger government to take more money out of your pocket. I guess unless you're a communist, you know what? I, I apologize. I completely disregarded the entire socialist and communist aspects of our society and um, population that wants to be dependent on the government. My apologies to those American citizens there who want communism in our country. Now, another important committee that is being formed, um, we are getting a new church committee that will have Representative Thomas Massey on it. Their goal will be to complete a complete will be a complete investigation of the FBI and the national security state. That alone was worth the whole fight. Now let's talk about the importance of said church committee. Let's talk about the importance of investigating the weaponization of the federal government. Like I read for you at the start of the show, it was Joe Biden's Department of Justice and head of the DOJ, Merrick Garland, that came down so hard on Donald Trump with this ridiculous witch hunt, with this ridiculous political persecution, because keep in mind, the reason why they were trying to get Donald Trump on these charges was so that he couldn't run in 2024. They were trying to eliminate the competition because they know that they absolutely cannot compete. But this isn't just about Donald Trump. This is about the American people. Okay, Donald Trump aside, and he did originally say that they're not coming after me. They're coming after you. I'm just in the way. That is so true. Thank you, Donald Trump. You are very right on that one. Let me just go over with you guys a little bit here. How our DOJ, how our FBI, how our CIA, how our... NSA, TSA, take whatever three-letter agency you want to, has been weaponized against the American people and why this should be important to all of us. Let's not forget that it was an FBI whistleblower that claimed that the DOJ used counterterrorism tools against parents in response to their school board memo. Remember that it was the DOJ that framed American parents as domestic terrorists because they were upset that their children were being taught overly sexualized material. Keep in mind that it was the same FBI that pressured Twitter to suppress the Hunter Biden story that told Twitter and Facebook, by the way, hey, this is Russian disinformation, so you should probably just go ahead and censor any opposition to Joe Biden or bad reporting on his family ahead of the 2020 election. Okay, yeah, yeah. That was the FBI. Um, the FBI also tried to um, create an entire entrapment scheme and tried to entrap American citizens into kidnapping Governor Gretchen Whitmer. Yeah, it was the FBI that did that. So um, church committee seems essential. Investigating the FBI and the DOJ and the weaponization of our government seems very essential. And I could honestly do an hour-long show and sit here and go after story after story of how the FBI, the ATF, the freaking NSA, the CIA has effed over the American people, has experimented on us, has spied on us, has worked against us, has tried to entrap us, has jailed us. Look up Ruby Ridge, look up Waco and what happened with that with the ATF. And you might say, Seb, these are all very different agencies. You can't clump them all together. Yes, I can. Yes, I can. And I will. These are corrupt government agencies that have utilized their power 
to attack the American people. One of the best examples of this is Ashley Babbitt's mother. Now we know that the anniversary of the harrowing and terrifying January 6th was last Friday. And we had all of our elected politicians come forth and talk about how horrific the day was for them because, you know, um, for a couple hours, one time the American people got really upset at their corrupt government. They went and they stormed the Capitol. And um, a couple hours later, the vote for the presidential election was still certified on that exact same day before the rest of forever. That, that same corrupt government is going to complain and cry about how scary it was for them because the American people were mad at us and they had their voices heard and it was really bad. By the way, we support what happened with BLM because that's democracy and we're going to kneel with our um, Kenty Kloss or whatever the hell they're called in Congress. Yeah, don't forget that Nancy Pelosi did that. Anyway, uh, last Friday, Ashley Babbitt's mother was arrested in Washington, D.C. for jaywalking. I just want to play this clip for you. And uh, keep in mind, guys, since I am doing this show once a week now, some of the news that I bring up is going to be a little bit older, but it's still very important for us to bring to the forefront and for us to discuss for maybe some of you who haven't heard this story. So we're going to watch this video and then I'm also going to narrate uh, uh, over Ashley Babbitt's mother being arrested on the anniversary of her daughter's murder via Capitol Police. Here's her getting arrested for jaywalking. It's ridiculous. Okay, so all I want to ask regarding this video is where was this energy from the Washington DC police during 2020 when we had literal domestic terrorists burning down the nation's capital? These are the police officers in Washington DC. They'll arrest you for jaywalking. They know who this woman is. They know that this is Ashley Babbitt's mother. This oh is our institutions in the modern day. These are the people that are tasked with protecting us. Here they are arresting Ashley Babbitt's mother for jaywalking. It's an absolute atrocity. And to be quite honest, it's a joke. And this is why we need to start looking into the weaponization of our government, of our intelligence agencies, of our police forces, as well of our Department of Justice. Now, when I was in Washington, D.C. in 2020, I watched Capitol Police officers over there because keep in mind that they're under the direction of Democrat Mayor uh, Muriel Bowser, who basically allowed BLM to burn down the Capitol and told police, hey, if you enforce the law, we're going to uh, prosecute you with the full force of the law as a racist. By the way, in San Francisco, they're not going to be releasing mugshots because they don't want to be racist. So they stopped doing that, too. Really interesting how Democrat cities uh, don't want to release mugshots and show the American public who is perpetuating crime on behalf of racism. Right, guys? Great. We love that. Um, again, too, going into the weaponization of our government per the Gateway Pundit, wife of January 6th political prisoner, because by the way, there are still people being held without due trial, without honestly any reason to be held in jail. The majority of people who were at the Capitol on January 6th were nonviolent offenders and they're, they're rotting in jail right now. Wife of January 6th political prisoner speaks out after he is beaten and blinded in one eye by prison guards, asks Americans for their support. 
In early December, U.S. political prisoner Ryan Sansel called the Gateway Pundit to tell us he had lost his phone privileges for six months starting tomorrow. He told us the prison staff was outraged that the Gateway Pundit exposed his horribly abusive story to the American public. Ryan, who has not even had his case tried in court, that's against the Constitution, that's against the law, guys, and has sat in prison for nearly two years, was severely beaten, hogtied, abused, tied to a chair for 12 hours by prison guards since he was arrested back in January 2021. Ryan was then denied medical treatment for his injuries and his precancerous growths. He has lost vision in one eye after the beatings, and uh, he has now lost his privileges for speaking out and talking to the media. That's where our country is currently at. So we can point the finger at China and say that China is this horrific communist country with slavery and political prisoners. Look what's happening in the United States. The fact that we even need to investigate our intelligence communities because they become that corrupted shows us that there's a problem. But let's keep pointing the finger at China or Russia, or let's keep pointing the finger at Ukraine's problems, and let's keep distracting the American public with all of that instead of having them focus in on the subversion and deterioration of our own country. So that's what is happening. By the way, guys, it was $70 billion that was going to go fund that those 87,000 IRS agents. Now, many people are, are pointing out as well, too, regarding that being voted down last night, that that's not going to pass the Senate, that they're still going to get that funding. So it's kind of useless to that. I don't really have a response other than I, I think that's true. I do think that's true. And that's why we need to use every single option that we can regarding investigation and prosecuting the people um, who should be held accountable for the majority of things that I, for all of the things that I just discussed at the beginning of this show, because we all know that the House is not going to be able to pass really any like legislation that's going to help because the Senate is still Democrat run. But we're seeing some positive moves uh, from D.C. Drano. Adam Schiff, Eric Swalwell and Ilhan Omar are getting kicked off of the Intel and Foreign Affairs Committees. He says, don't stop there. Kick Nancy Pelosi off of her committees, too, for what she did to our representatives and her unconstitutional January 6th committee actions hit them harder. And I really do like what Drano has had to say um, regarding what we should be doing. Let me I wanted to read one of his tweets here because he had a very good solution as to what we need to be doing regarding holding people accountable. He says, let's be real. We're not going to be able to pass dream laws the next two years, which means we need to go scorched earth with investigations, firing federal agents and utterly humiliating the swamp, drain their wallets with lawsuits and subpoenas, just like they did to us for the past two years. Payback. I agree with the sentiment. I absolutely agree with the sentiment to those who would say, oh, let's just not stoop to their level. Let's because one side of the aisle was not involved with the collusion, the allegations, the crimes that they are being attacked with. And one side is. One side has a son who randomly got a very lucrative role at a Ukrainian energy company in Burisma. I don't know how that happened. It's like he was, you know, the former vice president's son and had a direct connection to the president. That same vice president is now the president that same sons you know had those corrupt ties to ukraine um that's the same son by the way who's had business dealings with china and had a laptop full of very questionable things like hookers drug use potentially child pornography um you know so that's one side of the aisle 
And then the other side used legal tax loopholes that any American businessman can use. Um, and that side was attacked with the full force of the Justice Department and politically persecuted for years and is still being politically persecuted. And the other side has gotten off scot-free. So I completely agree with the sentiment of use the full force of everything we can to investigate and prosecute these people because that's what needs to be done. Now, Matt Gates, notably one of the most vocal members of the American Freedom Caucus, has come forth with um, new suggestions for Kevin McCarthy because we were all watching last week the C-SPAN cameras that displayed for us everything that was going on during the speakership vote. It was quite the, the, the thing to witness. It was quite interesting news to watch with our very eyes. Now, Representative Gates has come forward to say that last week America watched in real time about how our government is functioning. He said he's introducing an amendment to allow C-SPAN cameras on the House floor at all times. Broader transparency in Congress is a net positive and we need more of it. Matt Gates has been one of my favorite politicians. He has been saying and doing everything right and I absolutely love it. He has said, you know what, Kevin McCarthy, grab my arm harder, get even more upset with me, scream at me on the floor. I don't give a damn. I'm going to stand up for my constituents. I'm going to stand up for the American people. And guess what? Congratulations on becoming speaker, Kevin McCarthy. Let's keep you accountable and let's allow the American people to see how this government is run. So funny to me because last week, the left-wing media was trying to say, oh, there is such division in the right-wing. There's such division in Congress right now. How are we ever going to get anything done? Oh, we, we just preach democracy all day long. But now that the, well, this is more of, you know, the process of us being a republic over a democracy taking place. So maybe they're right in that, that democracy isn't really at work here, which technically it is because democratically we did elect these leaders and they are now the voice of the people. And this is how our government is being run. But anyways, now that they're being allowed uh, to debate on the floor now that we are being allowed to see how dysfunctional our government is and what needs to be done to actually make these changes the left wing immediately says like oh it's just so divided blah 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 no it's not divided this is how our government should be running it shouldn't be this pony show where you know you basically have people sitting there in their suits and ties like yes yes congratulations to speaker kevin mccarthy this is how things are run we're very civil we're very polite no you know how they run governments in other countries they literally fist fight each other i'm not saying that we should get to that point here in the united states but what i am saying is that a little bit of pushback is a good thing and i love that kevin mccarthy stood up against kev uh I love that Matt Gates stood up against Kevin McCarthy. I love that Lauren Boebert, Anna Polina Luna, like, you know, all of those politicians, Chip Roy, um, Byron Donald. I called him Byron Rogers in my other show. I don't know why I did. I apologize for that. Um, Byron Donald, who is a state representative, I believe, from Florida. I love that they all pushed back and had their voices heard. This is what we need to see more of. So here's hoping that that amendment um, to allow those C-SPAN cameras is uh is passed is allowed because the american people should be allowed to watch what happens on the floor at all times i'm um, going into the weaponization of the government as well james o'keefe tweets out um 2023 is going to be the year of full accountability and he shared a cnn graphic that says that representative jim jordan is widely expected to chair the house judiciary committee um sent a letter to attorney general merrick garland in november requesting a slew of documents on everything from the Justice Department's alleged targeting of Project Veritas to the FBI search for classified documents at former President Donald Trump's Mar-a-Lago resort. So um, 
it's going to be very interesting now that we have some power here for us to be able to get some insight and answers into the political targeting and persecution of people in the right wing. Now, not everybody in the GOP is a team player, and Dan Crenshaw is uh, number one on my list. Number one rhino. Now, I saw these comments by Dan Crenshaw, and I was like, eh, not really newsworthy. I don't really care uh, about Dan Crenshaw being a warmonger rhino like he always has been. But I am going to point this out because I do think it's important for us to be able to respond with, hey, why don't you like Dan Crenshaw? Well, I don't like Dan Crenshaw uh, because he's been calling people terrorists in our own government. You know, the American Freedom Caucus who stood up for constituents last week because they wanted concessions that the American people asked for? Yeah, Dan Crenshaw was calling them terrorists and saying that they were holding the House hostage. Now, Michael Knowles, who I really respect, I love listening to his show, came forward and said, eh, that's politics. You know, the people in politics do that all the time. There's name calling. So what? Who cares? Dan Crenshaw himself has said, unclutch your pearls. It's a figure of speech. You can't, you can't insult, slander, and hold everyone hostage with no way out and not expect me to punch back, grow thicker skin. This was in response to Tucker Carlson doing a segment on his terrorist comments. Now, I am not going to let Dan Crenshaw get off this easy because I do think that when you are a leader, when you are a representative, especially of Texas, of all places, like the fact that Dan Crenshaw is a Texas congressman makes me so upset, to be quite honest with you. It's embarrassing. It's so embarrassing that we have John McCain Jr. as a representative of Texas. And now he's calling the only members of Congress with the spine, terrorists. I don't like that type of rhetoric because that same rhetoric has been used against American citizens who don't like their government. Remember that the FBI has put out so many um, like updated memos about terroristic symbols. Some of those symbols were like the Gadsden flag or Ashley Babbitt, like if you're posting about Ashley Babbitt on social media, you, you might be a domestic terrorist. If you are anti-government or if you like the Second Amendment, you might be a domestic terrorist. So yeah, pardon me if I don't like the word terrorist being thrown around, especially by our elected officials. It's a freaking joke. Um, <clears throat> Bowtie Ranger last week pointed out, Dan Crenshaw, you started out by calling the holdouts enemies early in the voting process. Then you escalated to terrorists after McCarthy lost several ballots. You didn't misspeak. You meant it. You fake an apology on CNN. It's on brand for you, though. Um, he did apologize for his comments on CNN. And um, this was just two days ago that he did this. Um, but this is, again, to the reason why Dan Crenshaw didn't get the seat that he was hoping for. Uh, Kenny Webster pointed out that McCarthy reportedly planned to make Crenshaw the head of the Homeland Security Committee, and Crenshaw referred to the 20 Republicans protesting McCarthy as terrorists. So he, point, he asked the question, does anyone else see why this is concerning? And a thousand percent, we should not have people as heads of these committees. We should not have leaders in the United States government that view their fellow American who has a difference of opinion than them a terrorist. When I call Black Lives Matter and Antifa terrorists, it's not because I have a difference of opinion with them. It's because I watch them beat people up, murder them, and burn down their businesses and this entire country. You know why I bought a gun for the first time in my life? Because I was living in Austin, Texas near downtown in 2020, and I was watching businesses get looted and people get beat up in the streets for uh, waving an American flag or wearing a MAGA hat. 
So that's the difference when I use the term terrorist versus when Dan Crenshaw uses it because there's a difference of opinion. Uh, luckily for us, Representative Mark Green won that Homeland Security gavel, beating out Dan Crenshaw. Good. The less we hear from Dan Crenshaw, the better. Now, I want to focus in on, as well, the border. Because this is another thing that is going to be investigated alongside uh, the head of the DHS, Alejandro Mayorkas. Now, just last week, on the eve of January 6th, mind you, he came forward to talk about what is happening at the border. He wanted everybody to know the truth about what has been going on, the truth about the number of crossings, the truth about Title 42, and I wanted to play this clip for you guys um, so you can all hear from the mouth of the DHS head the truth about what is happening at the border. Let's listen. Let me be clear. Title 42 or not, the border is not open. We will continue to fully enforce our immigration laws in a safe, orderly, and humane manner. Gotcha. You think that any member of the Biden cabinet is going to tell the truth? Absolutely not. Yes, Title 42 or not, the border is not open, guys. The border is not open. The border hasn't been open. And we're going to keep adhering to our policies on illegal immigration. That's why almost 6 million illegal immigrants have crossed into the United States. That's why just the other week we were deporting the um, creator and leader of one of the most notorious games in Ecuador. Because the border's closed. <laughs> oh, man, what a joke. Now, Joe Biden recently made a trip to the border because the right wing, for some reason, is the only one concerned about national security. And we have been asking, hey, Joe, uh, or maybe, you know, Kamala, who is the border czar and is supposed to be focusing in on border issues. She's never at the border. We're like, hey, Joe, when are you going to go to the border? Because it's a pretty overrun. Now, before he even announced his border trip, he came out with this whopper of a clip um, regarding fentanyl. Because keep in mind, Chinese fentanyl crossing our border in droves is uh, a very big issue with hundreds of thousands of Americans being sacrificed at that altar of open borders, mind you. Here's how out of touch Joe Biden is with the issues facing this country and how devastating of a drug fentanyl is. Uh, here is Joe Biden talking about 20,000 pounds of fentanyl and how many people it could kill. Listen. For example, since August of last year, Custom and Border Patrol have seized more than 20,000 pounds of deadly fentanyl. That's enough to kill, kill as many as a thousand people in this country. 20,000 pounds of fentanyl. <sighs> okay. So just to recap, for you guys there. 20,000 pounds of fentanyl, Joe Biden says, is enough to kill a thousand people in the country. Now, I've never taken fentanyl myself, but I have gone out onto the streets of America and I have watched people smoke the drug myself right in front of me. They use a very small amount. It's often laced with something because it is a very potent drug. Now, as Addison Smith of OAN points out, two milligrams of fentanyl is a lethal dose. Two milligrams. If you look at a fentanyl next to a penny, it looks like a grain of salt. And it's like that that much fentanyl can kill you. So two milligrams of fentanyl is a lethal, lethal dose. So he did the math for us. And he says that means that 20,000 pounds of fentanyl is enough to kill over 4.5 billion people. 
or nearly 60% of the global population. Now, I don't chop this up to a Biden gaffe. I chop this up to Joe Biden being out of touch with the realities going on at our southern border, so out of touch that he isn't even aware of how lethal fentanyl is to the American people. 4.5 billion. 20,000 pounds of fentanyl, enough to kill 4.5 billion people over that. And Joe Biden thinks actually it's um, like 1,000 people. Like 20,000 pounds of fentanyl kills like 1,000 people, guys. Like you can actually ingest like 5,000 pounds of fentanyl individually and be fine. <laughs> Sorry, that was, that was too big of a number. Like let's just chop it up to like 100 pounds per person. You're going to be fine. That's the president of the United States. Um, but, you know, despite being clearly out of touch, he's still tweeting out or his intern is still tweeting out that his administration is using the tools available to limit illegal migration, expand legal pathways to immigration and increase security. The approach we're taking is based on a model we know works, but to truly fix our broken immigration system, Congress needs to act. So there you go, guys, go. There is the leader of the free world taking responsibility for the problem that he created. Oh, he's blaming Congress? Right. Right. Now, it was, um, yeah, actually just last week, earlier this week, that Joe Biden went and visited the border. They went to El Paso. And here are some of the photos that came out of that visit. Here's Joe Biden meeting with Customs and Border Patrol to see firsthand the incredible work that they're doing. Um, notice anything interesting about these photos, my friends? They're standing next to a border wall. And next to the border wall, there seems to be no influx of illegal immigrants. Now, I could take Joe Biden to Yuma, Arizona right now. Next to the border wall, the gap in the border wall, the big ass gap in the border wall where thousands of illegal immigrants flood through every single night. And the photo op would be very different. So on top of taking a photo near the border wall that is stopping the illegal immigrants from crossing in the location where they decided to take a uh, photo op, here is El Paso before and after Joe Biden's visit. Now, every single time I go to do a report on homelessness and the drug crisis in a city, for some reason, I just had bad luck. This has happened to me twice in both, but three times. It happened to me three times. It happened to me when I was in Los Angeles. It happened to me when I was in Portland, and it happened to me when I was in New York. Three times I had gone to the city just a couple of days after Joe Biden had been there. Now, the thing that these cities do is they clean up the streets ahead of the president coming to their city because they don't want a photo op of Joe Biden next to hundreds of illegal immigrants sleeping in the El Paso streets. Now, what I have here is visuals from Fox News um, Wednesday of last week. You had hundreds of illegal immigrants sleeping on the cold streets of El Paso, just sleeping on the street, kids, parents, there was tents set up. And then you look at Thursday, all of those migrants have been cleaned off of the streets. Now, when I went to Portland, the same thing happened. Joe Biden had been there a couple of days prior. So the streets were relatively clean and it was still horrifying. And I still got a lot of footage of the homeless camps and the drug use. So I can't imagine how much more horrific my footage would have been if Joe Biden hadn't been there a couple of days prior. But despite that, I still got loads of homelessness on the street. I still watched an overdose. I still watched a robbery. These are American cities under Democratic rule, because keep in mind, 
even though El Paso, Austin, Dallas uh, are in Texas, these are all being run by Democrat mayors. And this is how the media works. This is how our government works. They clean up the problem when they know that, you know, maybe a photo op or two is going to happen and there might be accountability if Joe Biden is pictured next to illegal immigrants sleeping in the street. So we're going to go ahead and clean that up, guys. Nobody's going to see it and it's not a problem. Here's another visual uh, for you guys of that same street to have the migrants sleeping in the street. And then um, January 7th, when Joe Biden comes to town, they're just gone. I don't know where they went. They certainly didn't get reported, but uh, they're, they're not on the street anymore. Now, let's go ahead and get into climate change because that is a very pressing and dangerous issue that is affecting all of us every single day. Apparently, people are dying suddenly because of climate change. And um, I wanted to bring it to the forefront because this is going to be a talking point that we are now hearing back in the media uh, because COVID-19 is kind of, you know, it's died down. It's not as scary anymore. So the new fear tactic ahead of the World Economic Forum meeting in Davos next week, by the way, is going to be climate change. Uh, climate change was mentioned during that meeting of, you know, Mexico, Canada, and the United States today, and how we can be more sustainable. And uh, one of the big news stories that has been at the forefront is the flooding, the sinkholes and the landslides that are currently happening in California, on behalf of what our media says is climate change. Ellen DeGeneres even posted a video of these rushing floodwaters and she was like, Mother Nature is so mad at us. Like we just need to be so much nicer to her. So much nicer. So Joe Biden's administration has come forward with a couple of uh, propositions and solutions on how we can combat climate change in the United States. And he says that homeowners could save money on their taxes if they just purchase eligible energy efficient appliances and products for their home. Because, you know, they're confronting the climate crisis and saving folks money in the process. Keep in mind that a dozen eggs nowadays is about six to eight dollars that the average American can barely afford their groceries. But yeah, Joe, that is a great proposed solution. Just buy electric vehicles and buy energy efficient appliances with all of the money that you don't have because of record high inflation rates and a destroyed supply chain that happened on behalf of our government. Yay. Yay. So on top of putting this tweet out, the Biden administration also said that they are trying to ban gas stoves. Now, I'm currently reading Alex Epstein's book called Fossil Future, and I really like this book because it basically, in layman's terms, puts out the reality of what could happen if we really did ban fossil fuels. And put quite simply, it would lead to mass starvation. It would lead to impoverished countries becoming even more impoverished. It would lead to record high energy rates for people here in the United States and worldwide, similar to what we're seeing in the UK and Germany and Europe, who have adopted a lot of those green energy policies, mind you, because we can keep blaming Ukraine and Russia for the rise in energy prices all we want. But why is it that energy prices were also, you know, maybe a bit higher under Obama's administration when there wasn't a war going on between Russia and Ukraine? I don't know. It's just interesting to me. So the Biden administration trying to ban gas stoves uh, because harmful pollutants are released by the appliances. The Consumer Product Safety Commission is mulling the action after recent studies showed emissions from the devices can cause health and respiratory problems, Bloomberg reported on Monday. 
But keep in mind, the same government is still going to keep telling you to, uh, instead of trusting your natural immunity, take a vaccination to protect you from COVID-19. This is the same government that told you not to go to the gym for your health during the pandemic, not to go outside and get vitamin D uh, for your health. This is the same government that created the food pyramid that verifiably told us to eat food that is garbage and not good for us. Uh, Yeah, that same government these same commissions are trying to help us by uh, reducing harmful pollutants that are bad for our respiratory systems. It just like makes no sense to me. And uh, again, too, it just kind of goes to highlight and show how the government trying to ban this, it's not based in reality. It's not based in real scientific research, to be quite honest with you. And if the government truly cared about our health, we could look at a variety of other things that they pushed on the American public as a contradictory example of how they don't. So spare me the, we have to ban gas stoves because um, they're bad for our respiratory system. You know what else is bad for your respiratory system and ability to breathe? Being obese. Uh, Guess what the Biden administration promotes? Obesity. Guess what our entire government said was not actually a factor in dying from COVID-19? Obesity. But let's just go ahead and ignore that. By the way, here's Joe Biden with her gas stove. Gas stove for me, but not for thee. We've heard it before and we'll hear it again. Now, respiratory problems, heart condition, all apparently are being caused by climate change. ABC News is reporting this. Rise in heart disease may be explained by extreme weather conditions. And then they immediately go on to say in the byline, it's not clear why temperature shifts correlated with more heart attacks, but they do. Then we have Vice go on to say, scientists are studying temperature at which humans spontaneously die with increasing urgency. Wet bulb conditions are when heat and humidity can cause otherwise healthy humans to overheat and die. They're happening more often than ever. So it's a good thing that we're studying um, humans spontaneously dying. um, And we have the media talking about how cardiac arrest can happen to children and what parents of kids in sports should know. Since so many athletes and so many people are dealing with cardiac related issues, with heart related issues. Now, we all watched as Damar Hamlin, the Buffalo Bills last week, collapsed on the field. He has since been released from the Cincinnati hospital after his cardiac arrest, and I believe is doing much better now. Um, Prayers were very much heard. A lot of people were pointing out as well, because I believe it was the Bills' first game back. They were praying on the field. Uh, there There was a team basically praying for Damar. And of course, everybody was praising this as a beautiful, beautiful thing. Um, the same people who a couple of years ago were demonizing Tim Tebow for praying on the field, but that's none of my business. The point is, is that Damar Hamlin is okay and he did not die from his cardiac arrest, which the media was trying to say was because of commotio cordis, I believe is the way you pronounce it. If I'm butchering that, I apologize. I'm not a doctor. So this is all of my opinion, YouTube. Anyway, he has since been released from the hospital, but I do not believe that we ever got that official reason as to why he had that cardiac arrest to begin with. Now, we are also continuing to see more videos like this one. Of their game today, keep your eyes on number three, right side of your screen. That's 
Emo Isian, sophomore guard, stops, then slowly goes down to the ground. Players from both teams visibly upset after watching. Take a look. Number of ODU players were seen crying, looking on, and hoping their teammate was okay. Thankfully, trainers from both schools were able to get Emo. So another athlete collapsing. But I guess we can just go ahead and chop that up to spontaneous death via heat or, you know, cardiac arrest happening because of climate change. Another athlete collapsing. Here is also a news reporter in Canada who's triple vaccinated, mind you, almost fainting live on air. <clears throat> now, I like to follow up on these reports because a lot of people immediately when they see the, these types of videos will just say, oh, she was vaccinated. And we, we never really know if said person was vaccinated or not. She has since put out a statement and she said, the COVID-19 vaccine had nothing to do with my fainting spell. It had nothing to do with it. And she also said simultaneously that she won't be releasing her private medical information. Now, previously, she had no problem releasing the private medical information that she has been triple vaccinated. I want to watch for you guys what happened to this news reporter and why people are alarmed because we keep seeing instances like this and we never get the reason as to why this is happening to seemingly young and healthy individuals. We, we never get the follow-up of, okay, this is why the cardiac arrest happened or here's the condition. No, instead we have our entire media coming forward and saying, oh, well, humans have always spontaneously combusted because of climate change and because it's been too hot. And NFL athletes have always had cardiac arrest on the field after being tackled. Keep in mind, football is a dangerous sport. I'm not downplaying that, but I in my lifetime have never seen that before. And now I'm seeing it quite a bit, specifically in athletes, not just football players collapsing, soccer players collapsing, uh, young hockey players who are 12 years old dying from heart conditions, this TV reporter fainting almost live on air. Let's watch. Well, people we spoke with say they were happy that something is being done, but this is something that they've been asking for since day one. So for them, this is about a thousand days too late. Now, Nairman, I'm looking at, uh, after the, to the, the day, families are pushing feds to, pushing the feds to, sorry, Nairman, I'm, <laughs> I'm not feeling very well right now, and I'm about to, okay, we'll come back to you right now, we'll make sure that, Jessica, you are doing okay, thank you, we will make sure that Jessica is okay, so. Okay, when I watched this, I was horrified as every single human being watching this type of situation should be. The American people want answers, okay? This isn't about being right about the COVID-19 vaccine. This is about watching this horrifying situation of young, healthy people having heart-related issue and wanting to know the legitimate concern. I'm sorry if I don't want an NBC article telling me that climate change is responsible for heart-related issues, but also we don't know why. I apologize if after this horrific situation of watching this young news reporter faint on live TV, Sorry, I'm fake news. She didn't faint. She almost fainted. She went completely blank. The stare in her eyes was horrifying. Apologies if I want to understand why this keeps happening so much. Is it Has it always been happening? And were we just never paying attention to it? Or is this happening at a higher rate? By the way, go ahead and go look at the death rates in a lot of these foreign countries. 
like New Zealand, Australia, the UK that really pushed the COVID-19 vaccination on their population. The death rates just seem to be higher than they ever have been before. Very interesting statistic there that we are not allowed to question. Uh, keep in mind too there uh, for the YouTube censors here. This is from Yahoo News regarding this journalist. She says that she's been the target of an overwhelming amount of harassment and hatred tied to false theories about the reason for the incident. Specifically, Rob, her name is Jessica Rob, the reporter, has received comments from anti-vaxxers who believe she had an adverse reaction to the COVID-19 vaccine, which she has gotten three times. She went on to explain that she will not share private medical information publicly, but there is no cause for concern. Uh, keep in mind, too, that this is, again, not the first time this has happened. Remember this comic. I played this video previously, and let me just play it again for you since it's making the rounds on Twitter again. Here's a comic who's joking about her COVID vaccine collapsing on stage. Watch. Jesus loves me the most. Seriously. So nice. So nice. Now, everybody's laughing in the crowd because they think that this is a part of her bit. Uh, before she collapses, the full segment, she's talking about the COVID-19 vaccination and masking and all of the COVID protocols that she followed. And then she collapsed on stage. Despite all of these things happening, we still have Hollywood. We still have the media. We still have our government pushing vaccination on the people. I hate to do this to you guys, and we're only going to watch 10 seconds of this because, to be quite honest, I can't bear to watch anymore. Uh, but this is your average late-night comedy show in 2023. Let's watch. There was Alpha, then Delta, then Omicron next, but this latest variant might be the best. It's XBB.1.5, another friend of COVID-19 has arrived. I'm so sorry that I just did that to you. More importantly, I'm more sorry that I just did that to myself. That is comedy in 2023. Celebrities, your politicians, bought and paid for by Big Pharma. By the way, the United States is one of the last countries still doing this. But last week, they did extend their COVID vaccination mandate for foreign travelers. So if you're traveling to the United States and you're from a foreign country and you want to come visit, you are still required to have the COVID-19 vaccination. That's where our government is currently at. And we'll finish up with this last segment here, but let me just highlight to you as well how ridiculous this same government is. Because if you think that Big Pharma um, cares about your health, cares about your child's health, if you think that the government cares about keeping you health, healthy, safe, living a long life, this is the perfect example of how I promise you they don't. From CBS News, consider drugs and surgery early for obesity in kids. New guidelines say, quote, waiting doesn't work. Children struggling with obesity should be evaluated and treated early and aggressively, including with medication for kids as young as 12 and surgery for those as young as 13, according to new guidelines released on Monday. The longstanding practice of watchful waiting or delaying treatment to see whether children or teens outgrow or overcome obesity on their own only worsens the problem that affects more than 14.4 million young people in the U.S. Researchers say left untreated, obesity can lead to lifelong health problems, including high blood pressure, diabetes and depression. 
Now, there is a simple fix for obesity, whether you're young or old. Stop eating junk food in the United States that does not rot. Stop eating seed oils. Stop eating high fructose corn syrup. Start eating more healthy. Um, go outside. Run around a little bit. Get off of your phone. Get off of your tablet. Stop watching TV. Stop wasting your life playing video games and allowing your child to school through TikTok. All these parents have to do is take their kid's phone away, tell them to go play outside, and uh, clean up their diet a little bit. Boom. Childhood obesity overcome. But no. The average American has zero discipline. The average American has zero ability to actually govern themselves, to be quite honest. Like natural selection and being an NPC is such a real thing. And it really does make me so sad that the majority of Americans have fallen under this NPC spell where they're just like, I'm just going to listen to what the government tells me. I believe them. And if they can give me a solution like medication or surgery, to my obesity problem that they perpetuated, by the way, by feeding me all this junk food and telling me that during COVID-19 over the past two years, that it was healthier for me to stay inside than go to the gym and go outside in the sun. I'm going to listen to them. Our government is destroying the next generation. Our government is destroying and subverting our country. I've said it before and I'll say it again. I think that the federal government is actively working against the American people, which is why we see headlines like this one from a CNBC. Half of millennials and 75% of Gen Zers have left their jobs for mental health reasons. So we have an entire generation who thinks they can't fight and combat obesity because it's too hard, who feel like they can't go to their job because it's just too hard and stressful. We have created a, a generation of soft-minded individuals who think they cannot overcome their problem with simple, realistic solutions, and they live in this instant gratification society funded and um, profited off of by Big Pharma, mind you. Remember, just a couple shows ago, I think it might have been the last one, I was talking about that new diet pill that uh, is going to make Big Pharma $50 billion by helping people to lose weight by suppressing their appetite. So... The government or big pharma even creates a problem and then they sell you the solution. So here's half of millennials and 75% of Gen Z saying they left their job for mental health reasons. This is a fake problem. Mental health is a fake problem. I'm just going to be very unpopular and go ahead and say that. And look, I've suffered from depression. I suffer from depression all the time. There's days I don't want to get out of bed. There's days where I have felt so sad that I have not wanted to get out of bed that I have woken up and just started crying like I've dealt with it guess what? That's human emotion. You know what I ended up doing? I got my ass out of bed and I continued pushing forward because life moves on and my parents didn't coddle me and my parents didn't teach me to have this soft coddled mindset of something's hard for me. I'm just going to go ahead and take a medication for it. If something's hard for me, I'm just going to go ahead and quit. No. And I always tell you guys this too. My number one my life motto when things get hard for me is I, I ask myself, are you a winner or are you a loser? Which one is it? Because you can only be one. So to the millennials and Gen Zers who are quitting their jobs because of mental health reasons, grow up. To the parents who are going to allow their child to get surgery or vacation for their obesity problem, grow up and start parenting your child and stop sacrificing them to the altar of big pharma. It's an absolute freaking joke. Now, this is an old story, but again, still relevant to the topic we're discussing. This was a model which we need to stop using the term model so loosely. I'm going to be very frank here. I'm not trying to be rude to this woman, but she doesn't look good in this outfit. 
and her face doesn't look good because she's fat and she has a double chin. I'm not trying to be mean to this woman. All I'm saying is that a good diet and good exercise would she's a beautiful woman and she would be a beautiful woman if she actually cared about her diet and cared about her health. But as you can see by the outward appearance, she doesn't. Now, she apparently slammed a horse ranch for embarrassing her uh, because they refused to let her ride the horses due to her weight. That's where we're at in modern day America. No, it's not your problem because you're obese. Um, it's uh, our fault for hurting your feelings. Go ahead and break the back of our horse. What? Well, good for her. Medication and surgery are have been available for adults for a long time. Uh, we also have an entire society who props up people like this woman on Twitter who says that obesity is a slur. The term obese is a slur because it is used to dehumanize us and harass us. It's not because our feelings are hurt by an accurate description. It is an outdated term that does more harm than good. And as such, it should be eradicated. That's it. To which Twitter immediately fact-checked and said obese is a technical term according to the World Health Organization. Overweight and obesity are defined as abnormal or excessive fat accumulation that presents a risk to health. That's absolutely incredible. But again, uh, how did we create an entire generation that thinks that obesity is a slur, that obesity and somebody calling you obese is a violence against them? How did we create an entire society where this is a legitimate advertisement for my podcast listeners? You're blessed. But what you're seeing on screen is an underwear advertisement where you have a morbidly obese person. Uh, you have and then you have two healthy individuals like these look like two healthy individuals on the uh, left and right. Like, you know, their bodies might not be perfect. I'm not one to say that you should have a perfect fat-free body. Like I, I'm not like that at all, but I think that you should be healthy. And I think that uh, promoting this type of body image is very unhealthy because as that article that we just read admitted, obesity leads to high blood pressure, to heart-related issues and diseases, to long-term health effects, a multitude of them. And you should not allow big, pro uh, big pharma to profit off of that. But here we are. Anyways, guys, I think that's all I've got for you on um, this episode of Rapid Fire. Thank you so much for tuning in. As always, I really do appreciate you all for always supporting my work. Please remember that if you do like the show as well, maybe you want to re-listen, you can always find it on any place podcasts are streamed. I do ask you if you'd like the show to go leave a five-star review on Apple Podcasts. We're trying to get up to a thousand reviews over there. We're halfway. So go leave me a five-star review if you like the show. If you hate the show, let me know there too. I read every single review. Um, but again, podcasts can be found on Apple Podcasts, Google, Spotify, uh, anywhere podcasts are streamed. Also check out my website, savsaysofficial.com to keep up with all of my work, my article writing, my on-the-ground reporting, anything and everything is on my website. Go check it out. And um, Remember to subscribe to my subscribe star if you would like to speak with me directly or if you'd like to see some behind the scenes stuff. If you'd like to support the show further, the link to that is down below. Thank you guys so much for attending another episode and uh, I appreciate y'all and I'll talk to you guys next time.